0: Corn and soybean prices ended higher. We'll take a look at what's happening in the markets. We will find out what it takes to be a winner of NCGA's corn yield contest. And we will check in on the NCGA priorities at the end of the show. Let's get this started. It is time for Commodity Classic.
1: Live from corn country south via Farm Journal broadcast. This is Agritalk. This afternoon, we begin with a conversation with Jim McCormick from AgMarket.net, then it's award-winning corn farmer Kevin Kalb, and later Harold Woolley from the National Corn Growers Association. Directly following the news, Todd Bubba Horwitz from BubbaTrading.com. I'm handsome Newsman Davis Michaelson. Now, welcome the host of AgriTalk, Chip Laurie.
0: All right, Davis, thank you so much. Yes, it is great to be. Live here at Commodity Classic in the NCGA booth. A big Mm -hmm. thank you to the National Corn Growers Association for sponsoring AgriTalk here at Commodity Classic. The trade show is just getting ready to open up. Uh Uh, It's a matter of fact, it's opening to media right now. I can see uh, some of the media starting to roll in here. Uh, As you might suspect, uh, being in the NCGA booth, for the opening of the trade show, we're in a pretty prime position to sit here and welcome attendees of this year's Commodity Classic, dude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you signed any babies yet?
1: You got your uh, your Sharpies ready?
0: <laughs> Sharpies are standing by. Outstanding.
1: Although, Outstanding.
0: <laughs> although I do not anticipate a lot of demand for that at this point. Oh, you're should, a humble
1: I, fellow. You're, you're I, too I should, modest.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell you, just uh, walking around out, it, it, outside the trade show area, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, there. there's a good a- attendance down here. Uh, people are going to be looking to get in here and get this thing started at the trade show, no question. Lots of meetings, a lot of the business side of things has already taken place. We are going to talk with Harold Woolley, uh, president of NCGA, about, some of that business uh, coming up here in just a little bit, and then have you ever thought about getting into the NCGA corn yield contest? Well, we're going to talk to a guy that's won it more than more than once. I'll give you a a preview right now: four hundred twenty-five point eight six one nine bushels per acre. Wow,
1: that's impressive. I, that's impressive. Four, I like it.
0: Four hundred twenty-six bushels per acre. Crazy, huh? Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You can pay some bills if you can do that, right? I
1: guess, man. Talk about I making it up so. in yield. Making it up yeah. in yield.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. All right, man. Let's get this started. What you got in the news?
1: Right on. Well, Chip, wheat futures failed to engage in the upside recovery scene in the rest of the grain markets today. May soft red winter wheat futures were working on an inside trading day with a high range open and a low range close heading into the final moments of the session. February's wild weather has raised some anxiety over condition of the hard red winter wheat crop, but traders are generally willing to wait for grain up this spring before judging conditions. Ukrainian grain exports so far this year are ahead of last year's sales by nearly 12%, and that's making it difficult to generate price positive headlines from the Black Sea. July HRW wheat features down six cents, 570 and one quarter. July SRW wheat off seven and three quarters to 578 and one half. July, spring wheat closed at 662. Chip, that's down four and a half today.
0: Yeah, the wheat market showed us some of the vulnerabilities that still exist in this market. You look at corn, you like the way that we rallied today. You look at soybeans, soybean meal in particular, you like the way that the market's performed today. And then you look at wheat and you wonder what the heck happened there. So it, it's it's just evidence that when you do put a bottom in, it's a process. It doesn't just happen. It's something that we're working on.
1: Well, Chip, there is some crop concern in the one-week weather outlook for Brazil's primary safrinha corn crop area, but the extended forecast holds the potential for increased rainfall. The short-term outlook did encourage short covering in corn futures. Weekly ethanol production in the weekend of February 23rd averaged 1.078 million barrels per day, up 6,000 barrels from the previous week, 75,000 barrels ahead of the same week last year. May corn opened fractionally higher, slipped lower on the day, then rallied to trade high range late in the day. Short covering gets the credit for the bulk of today's advance. May corn futures, 5 cents higher, 4.28 and one half. July corn gained 4.5, 4.40 and one half, uh, one quarter there. December corn futures closed at 4.63 and one quarter, up 3 and one quarter cents on the day, Chip.
0: Yeah, Jim McCormick is standing by. We'll find out what's going on in the corn market from Jim in just a bit.
1: Soybean meal futures finally engaged in the upside price recovery. But May meal posted an inside trading day with a low range open and a high range close to suggest sideways trade into the end of the week. May soybeans tested resistance at 1150 but failed to generate buying interest above that pivotal level. Traders continue to watch Brazil's bean harvest. The range of estimates remains exceptionally wide but are generally trending lower. Actual harvest results will be a primary driver for price action in the weeks ahead. May soybeans four and one half cents higher, 1145 and a quarter. July beans added four and a quarter. 11.55 11.55 and three quarters. November beans closed at 11.35, up five and a quarter cents today.
0: Yeah, that range on the Brazilian bean crop estimate right now is from just under 140 to just over 150 uh, million metric tons. So very wide range, still trying to get it zeroed in.
1: July cotton, 204 points higher, 99.72. Live and feeder cattle futures opened high range and closed near session lows. April fats, uh, 160 lower, one eighty-six twelve and a half. and a half. June futures off a buck forty, one eighty-two seventeen and one half, and April feeders careened three dollars eighty-five cents lower to two fifty-five ten. On the snout side, lean hog futures opened higher, then fell back to close near session lows. The market, however, did respect support at yesterday's low. April Lean Hog Futures today, ten cents higher, eighty-six bucks on the snout. June Lean Hog Futures up twenty-two and a half, ninety-nine fifty-five. Chip Flory.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Todd Horowitz, BubbaTrading.com. How you doing, Bubba?
2: What's up, Errol? You on the show again? You're on the road.
0: Uh, I am on the road and on the show. How do you like that? Say hi to everybody. Uh,
2: What's up, everybody? Let's go. Let's get these things moving up.
0: Yeah, finally. Here it is. We, We, you know, we're only two days into it, three days into it here, Bubba. But it feels like this corn market is trying to post some kind of a low, doesn't it?
2: Yes, we we what we really need now, Chip, is we need what they call a good old fashioned short squeeze where they really ran them to the shorts here and they force them to cover, which to me would be about a 25 or 30 cent rally. And then I think we could really get going again. As you know, I felt last week that we were kind of trying to bottom and it looks like it right now, but it's still not strong enough for me to really be overly comfortable yet.
0: Right. Yeah. If if the way that the wheat market traded today, it makes me think that there's still some room in here for some selling, maybe go back down, test that low before we go again.
2: I agree. I could, I could see it happening. Now, again, corn has been the leader the last couple of days. So hopefully this will be, you know, a sign of, of things to come, but what it's really going to take, it's going to take some, some upside pressure with shorts having to cover And on some real volume, you know, we're still lacking the overall market action that we'd like to see. You know, we'd like to see some new money come in and really force some volume into these markets because we're still trading at an extreme. I mean, the last two days have been about 30, about 60 percent of normal. So we really need to see some buyers really step up and force these shorts to squeeze out. And then I think we can get some support from the rest of the markets.
0: Yeah, high oh, volume. My music. <laughs> yeah, there it is. A high volume, big rally day would go a long ways to confirming that we, we've we stuck a low in the market. Good stuff, Bubba. Thanks, man.
2: Thanks, baby. Have a great time.
0: All right. That is Todd Horwitz, BubbaTrading.com. All right. We're going to take a quick look at what is going on in the markets. Jim McCormick, eggmarket.net, is standing by here on AgriTalk.
4: If the world is your oyster,
1: we've got pearls of wisdom on Agritalk.
0: And welcome back to Agritalk. I'm your host, Chip Flory. We are live in Houston, Texas at the Commodity Classic. Big thank you to the National Corn Growers Association for sponsoring us and making our kickoff coverage from a Commodity Classic possible. Uh, really, really cool situation down here with the volume is starting to pick up slowly. Uh, but we're just a little bit a uh, little bit of time away from opening up the trade show floor and uh and getting the attendees rolling in here so uh looking forward to that happening again big thank you to NCGA go to www.ncga.com to learn more about it. Jim McCormick Eggmarket.net is our guest analyst today. How you doing,
5: Jim? Hey, good afternoon, Chip. I'm doing great. It's great being down here in Houston. Yeah, it really is. Another commodity classic. Here we go, huh? Man, it's boy, time flies. It's hard to believe yeah. it's just a year ago. We were what down in Orlando. So yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, what oh, I remember what it was, the banks. The banks were starting to bust and go under a year ago right now, right?
5: That is correct. Yeah. I mean, yeah. here we are a year later. You got stock market trading, what? you near all-time highs. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah,
0: certainly. <laughs> you got that right uh, with everything that is going on in these markets. So everybody, I mean, as, as you walk down the hallway here, I'm sure that you're getting the same question that I am on a day like today with the corn market up four, five, six cents. Everybody wants to know, is that it? Have we put a low in the market?
5: We never know for sure, but I think the odds are very high, Chip. I mean, you look at a lot of different things. The first one, the funds—they are carrying a massive short position. When they're this short, it's very subtle. they keep it that long. Keep, you know, they can keep building it, so they tend to okay. lighten up the timing. Look at the year—we're flipping into the springtime—and then lastly, the last couple of weeks, a lot of this liquidation, unfortunately, was producers that were just being forced to. There was a lot of producers this fall put corn under basis contracts. Yep. They did it in the disc corn. They didn't get to rally, you know, the winter rally they're looking for. They rolled it to the March, then March timeframe ran out today. In essence, elevators had to for- force those producers either to sell the grain or roll it to the May, and essentially roll it at about a 15 cent cost. So those two factors, I think, forced a lot of farmers, unfortunately, to throw the gra- throw you know, the towel in. And mm-hmm. that's usually when the market bottoms the most, is when the funds are short, the farmer throws in the towel, and then the commercials scoop in. They start locking in their lower cost. And then eventually the funds will reverse out of that position.
0: You know, this This probably is going to sound a little counter to what we're talking about, but the, with the commercials long the market, we really had to see them get out of those long positions to indicate That things were starting to square
5: up in the cash market, right? Exactly. I mean, what you're looking at was very strange this year. I mean, the fund position is what got everyone's attention. That's what everyone was talking about. But what was amazing, all fall long, the commercial was very short, very, very carried, very small, short position, or even in net long, which tells us at ag market, there was no grain being sold. Essentially, there was no bushels being hedged. And that was part of the problem we're seeing right now is there's just too many unmarked Un- unsold bushels those bushels have now come to market at least some of them and the funds are you know like i said the commercials are building that length and maybe that's a sign we're near the bottom or at the bottom right
0: right still got some bushels that need to be accounted for
5: right yeah there's still <laughs> a huge debate there there's a debate there's no doubt about it you go to the eastern corn belt our clients in the east had phenomenal yields just incredible yields. to go to the west definitely a little bit of debate i know the big question nebraska There was a big revision that Nebraska corn yield. A lot of people are questioning that. We may get a clear picture of that, that it will happen. Essentially, the quarterly grain stock report there at the end of March. And to really add to that, Chip, you got the quarterly grain stock report. They're going to have this farmer acreage survey, which I think is going to be really fascinating because the government said the farmers are going to plant three million less acres of corn and three million acres more beans. I think they got their number right on the corn. I think the beans is too high because I think cotton's buying some bean acres. But you're also going to get that quarterly grain stock report, which could really be interesting. And then on top of it, that's going into Easter holiday. A lot of people don't realize yeah. it. So that report is going to happen on a Thursday, and then we got a three-day weekend, just yeah. to add to the anxiety of that big report. Yeah, it
0: happens on March 28th,
5: right? Yep, a little bit earlier this
0: year. Uh, a month from today. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Wow. Wow. that Oh, man, that's going to be here before we know it. Most importantly, between now and then, we're going to learn more
5: about the Brazilian soybean crop, right? You got it. You said in the first segment, the real question is how small is small? You know, the government number is yeah. way up there at 155, 157. That's a stale number. That's been out for a few weeks. The question is when they get this March number, are they do they push it back below 140 or below? If you get it below 140, I think it really gets interesting. And that may be the fuel to the fire that Bubba Horowitz was talking about, where you're going to say, wait, I've pushed it too far. The funds start getting out. If you can just... The embers are there to get a reversal. You just got to get something to kick it going. And it could be, you know, a smaller Brazilian crop.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm i excited about all of that. The one thing that I don't know where it's going to come from at this point is the volume. What What's going to, what all of the sudden is going to encourage greater participation in these ag markets?
5: I think we're going to struggle for that. Yeah. right now. I, I think you will get a rally. I think that rally needs to be sold, but the reality is right now there is a lot of money on the sidelines, but yeah. the easy money right now says to buy the stock market, unfortunately. So It does. But eventually, Chip, that money will come in because the stocks are going to get overvalued, commodities get cheap, and then corporations are going to come in and buy those cheap commodities to lock in their their profit margins they got, and that'll help bottom the, commodity ind- the commodities in general.
0: Okay. We it had a great farmer forum this morning with with Caleb Hamer from Iowa and, and uh, Ryan Wagner up in South Dakota. Ryan was talking about waiting for that rally in old crop before you start to figure finish things up. I asked him, though, what is a rally this year? It, it, it used to be 70, 80, 90 cents was a rally in corn. This year, it, does it take that much to consider it a rally?
5: I would argue 35 to 50 is probably gonna go. do it. I, I yeah. unfortunately, A, you don't have the spec volume to really carry us forward. B, there's a lot of grain to be sold in reality. So we're gonna cap that rally. Then lastly, it's a relief rally. Relief rallies usually aren't as strong as you want. And if we assuming we plant 81, 80, you know, 91, 92 million acres of corn anywhere close to trend line yields, your carryout is gonna grow. Your stacks are going to be 15, 16% chip. You don't have to look back in history, 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, all those years, those stocks used are all 14, 15% corn traded 350 in the fall. Yeah, Unfortunately, folks, that is where I think we go with a normal crop. So, I mean, so 50 cent rally, I think old crop and new, you've got to get aggressive and trying to market that grain and make the catch up sales of the stuff you did not catch in the new old crop.
0: Well, and, and if that's going to be the case for a fall market, what it means is doggone it, Pay attention in the spring. If we do have any kind of a weather driven, any kind of a scare that gives you an opportunity to to move some grain, you you better be taking
5: it. You definitely have to. And remember, the crop insurance was just set or yeah. it's almost being set. We got what one more day left. It's not really crop insurance. In my opinion, this year, Chip, I've been calling it more catastrophe insurance because the revenue level is so low. So we're actually encouraging producers to consider buying some extra puts under the market. You know, you sell some cash grain, buy a put to kind of indemnify yourself because if this market does what we fear it could do with a normal crop, you're going to see corn below 350 and, you know, maybe low threes in the cash. And uh, that's one way to kind of indemnify yourself.
0: Okay. You said something here a little bit ago. It got me thinking, and I don't want to be a, a Debbie Downer about the corn market. When we're here at Commodity yep. Classic, but reality is reality. It feels like the the beginning stocks, the carryover numbers, beginning stocks for the next marketing year are kind of starting to snowball on us. Do you get that feeling?
5: Yeah yeah i mean I, I, that's that's why this rally that everyone wants i think you got to be realistic because those we're not seeing the demand yeah china came in and bought a lot of corn unfortunately they bought ukrainian corn not u.s corn we've got to get something like to 10 cargos yes so we're not we're competitively priced in south america but we're not with ukrainians you know the president of, of ukraine did make a comment that kind of got the wheat market excited early in the week that hey we don't get munitions we're going to shut down this secondary grain corridor That may have an impact. I mean, that's what we need to watch is, you know, if you're looking for what could cause a little bit of short covering, that may be the outlier if something would like that where they couldn't do it because that's what's killing us right now is a lack of exports.
0: Okay. We've only got a minute left and I only left a minute for it. We got to be optimistic about something. Is it biofuels? What's got you thinking that that demand could come back?
5: Oh, I think in the long run, you got to be very bullish. The biofuels on the renewable diesel, that's probably the one that's first steps coming. Those plants are being made right now. You know, they're, they're being built right now. Yeah. That's coming on the line. I think you've got to be optimistic on the SAF fuels. I really do. I mean, I think where we're at, I know we've got some hurdles to go. We've got to get, you know, the carbon capture. But I think that if there's a will, there's a way. I mean, I view the carbon capture in this kind of like it was, what, 15 years ago when George yeah. Bush said, Ethanol is the way to go, boys. And Mm -hmm. we saw that market take off. I think the corn market is going to do that. Unfortunately, it's just going to take a couple of years. I think it's important that we do. I think it's very important for Corn Association to push it because we are going to see less and less cars being used for gas. They're going Mm -hmm. electric. That's just the way it's going. We've got to find a different alternative for our corn. And I think that's a great source. And I'm I'm optimistic on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm optimistic about the ethanol, the jet as well as we were supposed to get some an announcement on exactly how that the details of the greet model and what that's gonna mean for us uh, and and uh, that whole ethanol to jet trend it's it's gonna be fun to watch Jim it's always fun to talk with you buddy thank, thank you thank you for having me on you bet that is Jim McCormick agmarket.net we're talking corn yield contest next Kevin Kalb here on Agritalk
1: also let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes. For July, HRW wheat futures were down six cents to 5.70 and one quarter. July, SRW wheat off seven and three quarters to 5.78 and a half. Uh, On the corn side, looking at the May corn futures, five cents higher, 4.28 and one half. December corn futures closed at 4.63 and a quarter. That's up three and one quarter cents on the day. May soybean futures, four and one half cents higher, 11.45 and a quarter. July added four and one quarter to 11.55 and three quarters. July cotton, 204 points higher, 99.72. On the livestock's April fats, down 160, 186, 12 and a half. April feeders, 385 lower to two fifty-five ten. And on the snout side, April lean hogs, 10 cents higher, $86 on the snout. Get more market news every market day Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of farm journal broadcasting affiliate stations or sponsors. We don't make the news. We render it. AgriTalk.
0: All right. Welcome back to AgriTalk and the 2024 commodity classic. Big thank you to the National Corn Growers Association for making our coverage, our kickoff coverage from Houston possible. And, uh, I tell you what, one of the highlights of the Commodity Classic every year is the the uh, the announcement of the winners of the National Corn Yield Contest and a guy that's been at the top of the list several times, Kevin Kalb out of Indiana, Indiana correct?
6: Indiana, southern Indiana. Yeah, Du Dubois. Dubois. Yep. Yes,
0: Bois, yep. See? <laughs> yep,
6: yep. All right.
0: Uh, I, I tell you, congratulations again, 426. Yep. Yep,
6: that was, uh, our personal best we ever yeah. had, um, was kind of a interesting year. Um, yeah, you know, we was talking a little bit earlier yeah. about the Canadian smoke. Um, I think that was a big part for us achieving. Now,
0: now one thing I want everybody to know, mm-hmm. you brought it up, <laughs> in, right? Yep. You brought it up because this is one of those things, Kevin, that I've wondered about out loud on the air several mm-hmm. times, you know, uh, uh, how much did it help
6: did it help or did it hurt yeah. what are your thoughts well you know we're chasing these high yields you know we've learned um it's not all about nutrition as far as zinc boron manganese you know all the all the nutrients everybody talk about um you know we've we've really been pushing a lot of carbon source products mm-hmm. um You know, we get a lot of carbon from our turkey litter that we have on our farm. But you sit there and you think about as cloudy as what we were from the smoke, um, you know, our yields probably shouldn't have been as high as what they were because of the cloudy days. But it also kept a couple of things that kept the temperatures down uh, when it was really cloudy. But, you know, you're getting a lot of free carbon and, and, uh, you know, free sulfur from the smokes. Now, I'm not saying we want to have another... Yeah, <laughs> fire, but yeah, but um, you know, as a whole, I, I really do my opinion. You know, take it for what it's worth. Um, you know, we did not have conducive weather to grow that kind of corn. Right. Um Genetics are getting better. You know, that there's no doubt about that. But you know, you st- simply start doing the math. We we should not have been able to grow the kind of crop we did, and yeah. had to. It had to be the 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 smoke. It,
0: it had to have something to yeah. do with it. Um, I've talked to some other agronomists that say, you know, the way that the sunlight was filtered through the smoke, it actually helped to penetrate deeper into the canopy. That could be stuff like that. You know, there's all kinds of theories out there on exactly how the smoke impacted Mm -hmm. this year's season, but I haven't had anybody. I haven't had anybody tell me that it was a (laughs) negative.
6: (laughs) No, I, I really don't believe. I mean, you know, for, for us, you know, we're non-irrigated Southern Indiana, you know, we get a lot of humidity and, um, you know, our temperatures normally don't get super, super high, but at nighttime with the high humidity, we, we retain that heat too long and corn needs to respirate. Well, if you don't get that hot during the day, it's, you know, your chances are you're not going to be that hot at night, but, um, you know, we really had a mild summer because of the smoke. So, um, you know, I think there were several little factors that the smoke did help yeah. uh, for us.
0: Yep. All right. So you said chasing high corn yields. Mm-hmm. It's not like all of a sudden you find one silver bullet not, from that point forward. it You're raising big corn yields. It's a process,
6: right? right? Yes. Oh yeah. Still learning. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, we, we started in the, the NCGA yield contest in 2007 and, um, I don't know if we lucked into it or what, but um, we finished sec- second in the nation the first time we got in it, and really didn't do a whole lot of management, you know, at that time. Um, but the the contests have taught us so much about how to feed the, not only our contest acres but the rest of our farm. Yeah, um, you know, and that's where you make your money at. I mean, we we're finding out, you know, where we overapply certain nutrients uh like nitrogen for one thing uh we can prove that the yields go down yeah so um managing the crop i mean i always tell anybody this that our most profitable acres on our farm are our highest yielding acres that we have in our content i mean every time yeah because we have a set path and and the only way we learned that was from getting into the contest and actually diving in trying to get better and better each year um yeah so the success from the contest carries over to our production. So there's makers.
0: real world applications. To oh, one hundred percent. Doing in the contest, and I suppose you take it to your clients at uh, Midwest Advanced Crop Consulting, yeah. right? Yeah.
6: Oh, yes. Um, you know we we see we don't only see it, but we should let their farmers come to our farm and see the results of what we're doing. You know, we do trials with not enough fertilizer of, of nitrogen like yeah. or too much, you know, nitrogen is the one everybody wants to talk about, but um, you know, we learned that it, it don't take, it's not just nitrogen to grow big yields. You know, we're finding a lot of micronutrients, a lot of carbon that we talk, we talk about a lot of sugar to feed a biology. So, um, you know, we, when we started this out in the contest, we only had two fields on our farm that, uh-huh. that we pulled contests. Now we got five, 600 acres that we can pick from. Yeah. And that's just, taking our well it's a family yeah yeah i mean it, it is i mean you know we had a tornado to come through uh last summer wiped out um the most of our fields that that we do pull contests and we had a couple other fields that we tiled and uh this spring and and brought back into production and um lo and behold we only had one of our wins this year come out of a perennial field that we have every year as a winner so uh it's amazing how it you can transform. Not everybody has to have perfect ground, but if you start to learn how to manage uh, yeah. um, the the resources that you're given, because, you know, we're 2023, we do have 2024. We do have pretty good fertility out there programs to, to go by.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, when, when we go out and do the crop tour every year, we talk about, it, it never fails at some point we got to talk about the genetics that mm-hmm. are available now versus 10 years. Mm-hmm. Years ago. And I always try to balance that against, yeah, but don't forget, it, you got to have better management mm-hmm. with it too. Is it, genetic, oh, it's, is it
6: genetic or management? So 100% the genetic. I'm not saying we want to go back to 2012 right, <laughs> again, right. but um, just on the genetics that we have uh, available now, um you know, I, I think the genetics from the the stress part has gained us 30 to 40 bushel and then your management comes in, you know, we can manage a crop a lot better. You know, we have wide drops, you know, you have fungicides a lot more, you know, you, you got drones that can spray, you know, I mean, we have so many more tools than what we had back in 2012. So, uh, we're understanding better tissue samples, you know, there are just so many more tools and it all boils back to what we learned from the contest the first five or six years we got into it. Yep. So, okay. So you said it was what? 2007,
0: 2007. Has it been everything that you
6: hoped it would be? Yeah. Part of the contest. Oh, 100% because some of our best friends that we have in, in the world, we we've learned or we got to meet them from this yeah. contest. I mean, that's why we look forward to every year to come seeing guys. We only get to see once a year, um, you know, and, and drank a few beers sure. <laughs> I hate to say it, but
0: and
7: why? I mean, well, you know, i
6: uh, <laughs> It's just, uh, you know, the camaraderie, you know, that yeah. we have in agriculture. You know, uh, everybody wants everybody else to succeed. At least that's the way I feel. Yeah. You know, um, but it it uh, we owe a lot of it ninety nine percent of our success actually to the contest for for uh, letting us learn the success how to manage a crop.
0: Yeah, we're talking with Kevin Calby's won the corn yield contest at NCGA several times. Um, if someone is thinking, eh, it's not for me, what would you tell them?
6: Yeah. It's for everybody. If you farm, you should. And I'm I'm not saying that you have to go out and try to beat David Hula's, you know, yeah. uh, yield, but I, I think you should get in the contest and start marking how you do, what you did, what you applied and, uh, year after year and grade yourself on your yield, how you get better. Um, because you know the contest we always say is contest is fine but it don't pay the bills yeah so uh what you learn there you you can carry over to your uh production acres
0: okay so 426 bad just shy of it just shy close, of four, enough. close <laughs> enough yeah uh what's
6: next where do you think this gets well to? um you know it's hard to say i mean we we we're lucky and, and weather is such a huge thing. Sure. 2013, I believe, um, we we had a pretty good size jump in yield. We had a 374. So we were like the the non-irrigated world records 443, uh, 442, 443 somewhere. And I was like, Well heck, this is gonna be easy. Well, it took us 10 years to gain 50 bushel. Right. So it is tough. Um You know, I don't know what the the top end yields is, uh, especially being non-irrigated, but, you know, making these great big leaps and jumps on these high yields is really, really, really hard to do to make them big jumps because, you know, you got to have basically everything perfect. You know, you got to have a perfect stand or as near perfect stand as you can have. Um, You know, Mother Nature's got to, especially being non-irrigated, you know, she's got to give you some rainfall here and there. There's things you can do to help manipulate it, but you still need water. So I I don't know, you know, my, my son, Kogan, he's, he's, uh, next year will be the first year he can enter in a contest. So I said, we'll probably be in it together one more year. And then I, I may get out of it, let them guys take over. But, um, so I don't know, I don't know what to top in. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, The genetics I think are there, uh, to grow really, really good corn, but you know, for being non-irrigated, you got to have pretty good weather
0: optimistic for this year the way the the thing is set up
6: so we you know probably like most guys that we've talked to at the classic we're dry yeah. we're probably the driest we've ever been which we farm in southern indiana i mean anytime we can get an eight inch rain at any time overnight so we're not too concerned about the dry our tiles are running just a little bit so yeah. and i always said if we got to grow a crop on our subsoil moisture we're probably not going to grow a crop anyways right
0: so, well congratulations kevin uh, 426 Certainly an impressive total. and Thank you. And uh, we'll look forward to having more conversations with you, uh, all okay. right? I
6: appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Kevin Cowell, many-time first-place winner of the NCGA Corn Yield Contest. Big thanks, to NCGA. We've got Harold Woolley up next.
4: To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction.
1: Join the conversation on Agritalk. Call us at
7: 855-4-TALK-AG. All
0: right, welcome back to Agritalk and the 2024 Commodity Classic. We're about to wrap up our first hour of what's going to be five hours of coverage from Houston and the 2024 Commodity Classic. I got to tell you, it's just a huge honor to be in the NCGA booth with AgriTalk here to kick off the 2024 Commodity Classic. Big thank you to NCGA. Go to www.ncga.com to learn more about the organization and what they've got going on. Uh, Join us right now, Harold Woolley, president of the National Corn Growers Association. Harold, it's here, man. It's happening.
7: It is, Chip. Uh, I'm very excited to be here. There is an energy and an excitement in the air as uh, Commodity Classic kicks off.
0: Yeah. It's going to change. The the atmosphere in here is going to change a lot in about 10 minutes, isn't it?
7: Well, yep. That's when everybody comes in for the grand opening. So, yeah. yes.
0: Yep. Well, grand opening and the opening reception. We can't forget about that part.
7: <laughs> People do like a snack and a beverage. You're that's, right.
0: That's exactly right. Exactly right. Uh why is this meeting? As you said, it's got an energy to it. Why? Why? How does that happen,
7: Harold? It's the people that show up, I think. You know, the decision makers are here. The, the input providers are all here. The experts are here as well. If you have a question about a piece of machinery, you'll be able to get the answer at, at the, one of the booths.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A unique setup on the trade show this year. It's on two different levels.
7: It is. And I think that's going to work out great. You know, we've got some uh, exhibitors on both levels that are going to draw folks in. So it's a good setup. It's going to work.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. It, it's gonna to be interesting to see how everything plays out here um we we need to talk about some of the priorities at ncga you've been in some meetings right
7: oh yeah Yeah, Yeah. that's that's (laughs) my life
0: (laughs) demand has got to be at the top of the list now last week we got some good news but i would i would say it was good news not great news and that was e15 in the midwest eight being okayed for year around use of E fifteen. But doggone it, it doesn't start until next year. Now, Vilsack, as USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack, has indicated that there should be a waiver available to make sure, for it to be available in twenty-four. But it, it would let's get this done, right?
7: Absolutely, we need a legislative fix that that would be the end-all, be-all. Then we would have year-round E fifteen in all fifty states, not just in the eight midwestern. States right. where the governors have applied to the EPA.
0: Right. Right. When you guys sit around and talk biofuels and you you look at each other when sustainable aviation fuel and ethanol, to jet comes up. What's the what what's the attitude in the room, Harold? It's got to be one of, whoa,
7: look out. Uh, absolutely, you know the theme for my year as president of N.C.J. is shaping the future, mm-hmm. and S.A.F. is one of the ways we can shape the future. If we get all of the all of the issues in line, we are going to have a tremendous market out there for our corn.
0: Well, and the the, the thing is, it's not a one year, two year kind of quote-unquote fix either this we're talking about a long-term positive for this market
7: right it is tremendous the amount of fuel that the aviation industry uses and mm. if we can convert them to even a portion of their fuel usage being sustainable aviation fuel that it uses low-carbon corn as its feedstock We'll have a win for corn farmers.
0: You know, uh, there's still some uncertainty over whether or not that is going to happen. But Harold, I cannot imagine a world in w- that in which there the the aviation market is looking for renewable fuels and corn isn't somehow some way
7: part of it. I agree wholeheartedly with you, and, and I've been learning a lot the last few weeks about this, and I'm more positive than ever. I think Good. we're going to be able to achieve the carbon reductions that are necessary to qualify corn as the feedstock for yeah. ethanol to jet.
0: You know, uh, and, and in the the carbon intensity world, you know, with the scores and everything and and how what it means for the pathway for corn on uh, in sustainable aviation fuel, that's all very important, obviously, but this feels like some of the programs through the the forty five z tax credits. Boy, oh boy, that looks like some opportunity for guys that have been doing it right, quote unquote, right for a long time already.
7: You're correct. Uh, we need to get the systems in place so that they have the verification and meet the requirements, and then we need to have the financial yeah. rewards come down to the to the farm gate. We don't need the middleman taking all of these tax credit dollars. Some of them have to flow down to incentivize our farmers uh, and just to get us through this period of, yeah. of tight margins. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. What's been the best thing? What have you enjoyed the most about your time as president?
7: I like being involved. And as you know, NCGA is a policy organization by and large, and I enjoy policy. So learning about all the different policy issues and advocating for corn growers in the nation's capital, that's what I enjoy.
0: Fantastic. What do you hope that attendees of this Commodity Classic take home with them?
7: Well, there's a whole host of issues. You know, I walked by the the board out front here that listed all of the educational opportunities. That's one big plus. There's a lot of shiny equipment in in the exhibition hall. You know, if you want to learn about a piece of equipment, this is the place to come. Uh, The the industry experts are on hand and they'll tell you all about it. Uh, All of our input folks are here. Um, It's a tremendous opportunity.
0: Okay, real quick. To someone out there that might not be a member of NCGA, what's your message to them?
7: Things are going to change. Things are always changing. And, uh, you know, I want to shape the future, and I need your help to do it. We need every voice, every corn farmer's voice to be heard in Washington, D.C. We are such a small minority of the population. We need everybody on board.
0: Fantastic, Harold. Thank you so much, sir. Appreciate you. Have a great week, man. Thank you. All right. That is Harold Woolley. He is president of the National Corn Growers Association. There you have it, Davis. We've got things started. They're about to open up the doors and flood this trade show floor with attendees of the 24 Classic. It's going to be a lot of fun in here pretty soon. Back
1: down to the first floor with you for tomorrow morning's program, if I'm not mistaken.
0: That is exactly right. We are going to be at the United Soybean Board talking all things soybeans tomorrow morning from commodity classic this is agri-talk